DNA is very dynamic, it's very fluid, it always adapts, it always learns, and always remembers, it's kind of like an elephant, it remembers what happened to it last, so it doesn't recreate it again. Welcome to Masajati's podcast, Exponential Intelligence, where you can transform simply by listening. Experience the power of frequencies and the next step in consciousness evolution. I'm Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. Today, we're going to be talking about the shocking effects of surgery. If you've ever had anybody uh, that had major personality changes or even minor personality changes after major, major surgery, well, now you'll know why. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about what happens, what can happen to you after surgery, why it happens to you, and then most importantly, what you can do about it, okay? whether it's you or a loved one. So I'm going to go through and just, I, I just pulled this up on, on Google here. I just looked up why my spouse uh, personality changed after surgery and a whole list of uh, websites came up. And this one, I'm just going to go read some of the stories here. Has anybody in here had to deal with a loved one going through a major almost 180 degree personality change after major surgery or a life-saving operation? Did it change overnight or slowly over the years? So ever since DH had his heart attack and quad bypass surgery last July, uh, it's been hard, really, really hard. It is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where Mr. Hyde being around a lot more than Mr. Jekyll. This is just one, and it goes on and on. And, and people go, well, you know, the personality changes after heart surgery are very common. Doctors can't really explain it, right? They might go, well, it's the blood transfusion or it's the way, you know, the blood pro was processed or it's after effects of, uh, you know, medication or the anesthesia, but it's much more than that. As we go deeper into, uh, into this podcast, you'll know that it's much, much deeper than that. Uh, this, this story, quite interesting. My father had an emergency uh, quintuple bypass and he became depressive, reclusive, and snappy, just plain mean at times. Then you read about the personality changes, right? Uh, you read about personality changes after surgery. There was a lady who started speaking with a British accent who she had never before. The guy who woke up from sur surgery and he was gay. Again, tons of things can happen, right? Crazy stuff. And I'm not making this up. It's all, you can just Google, you know, what happens after surgery or personality changes after surgery. Uh, anything else that's really interesting? After my aunt had heart surgery, uh, she did a complete 180. Wasn't the same person at all. She was rude and could cut you down with a look. She was nothing like she was prior to the surgery. It happens more often than you think. And even if you think that, well, the surgery was perfect, right? Surgery was perfect, but then why the personality changes happen? And then also you might go, well, I've had, I've had surgeries and nothing happened to me, right? So what's the difference? Well, uh, again, there's something that always happens to you because because it's not just about it's not just about the surgery. It's not just about say that operation that happens to you. You're, you're cutting meridians. You're cutting say that plasma. And I'll talk about plasma because it's not the plasma in your blood. But you're talking about all the patterns or the matrix that creates you, or the web basically that creates you. It's an unseen web around you. Uh, you might call it your spirit, but it's more than that. 
Okay? We're going to talk about the deeper logistics on how and why that happens and then what you can do about it. So let's just jump right in. Okay? When somebody has surgery, okay? and, and the reason why, by the way, why it happens to some and it doesn't happen to others, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to those that it's happened to, by the way. Because some people get confused. Well, shit, it didn't happen to me, so it's not important or it's not real. Because there's plenty of people, again, that their personalities radically change or you know of a loved one that radically change. So one, the reason why you might not have a, an identity change with, uh, with a surgery is because you are more aware of who you are. You have a stronger identity, uh, a strong identity, a strong uh, self-image of yourself. So as you had the surgery, uh, again, your identity didn't change. Nobody or no other presences or frequencies, they stepped inside you. Okay, so that's the major reason why. But even that, it does change your frequency or how your body adapts to that surgery. So say you had a successful surgery and your personality is the same, but then years later, you know, pains will show up, right? Or something ha else happens that you might not relate to that surgery because it's, you know, long after what happened, but a lot of, say, coincidental, say, injuries or accidents or pains or something like that, uh, again, dictated on what happened during that surgery. So let's talk about the personality changes though. There are several reasons why a personality change might happen. So one is that, say that you, your hereditary pattern, right? Uh, you, you are a bowl of all the people, all the individuals before you, right? Imagine how many individuals before you, you have a copy at some level in your DNA of that personality. Okay? So for example, with my abilities, I can actually say tap into your great, 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 great aunt Sally, okay? And read her personality through your DNA, whether I'm holding your hand or I'm just looking at you or it's over the phone, okay? I can see your family tree and how it affects you. The way I can do that it's not, it's not psychic abilities, by the way, I'm not psychic. It's just that I can read your DNA. I'm a DNA reader. So it's within your DNA. If there was machines and there are, you know, more and more upcoming machines that they uh, study the trajectory of, say, if you're going to have like sickle cell anemia, uh, you know, anemia or anything like that when you're a baby, right? So it's the same propensity, right? Where did you get, say, uh, the propensity to have sickle cell or any other disease that you have? from generational patterns. Same thing with identity issues, personalities, and all those things that we think are just random events or you think it's just you, it's not. All those aspects, again, including personalities and addictions or uh, abuse patterns or anything else that runs in your family is in your DNA. It's at a cellular level or at a cellular memory. So when you have a surgery, for example, we'll use Aunt Sally as, as a, as an example, say that, um, say that uh, you know, uh, two, three generations, there was an Aunt Sally in your family and you know, she loved to drink coffee, okay? And then you coincidentally say, look like Aunt Sally. And you might think, well, that's the only you know, coincidence or that's the only say parallel that I have with Aunt Sally. You know, I look, I have the same chin or the same you know, the jawline or the same eye or the same, you know, facial features as Aunt Sally. No, if you are that far into looking like Aunt Sally, 
your hereditary patterns, including the diseases, how your body structure happens, uh, your relationship patterns, your financial patterns, what you think about, how you think about death, how you think about life, how you think about everything directly correlates to Aunt Sally. Okay? If you don't believe me, there's a lot of research on people who have had, say, PTSD, right, from wars, right? Five generations back, somebody was in war, PTSD, they've had PTSD over, you know, because of the war. Five generations forward, those, those individuals will elicit PTSD patterns coming from a war-type situation, although they've never been in war. So DNA is very dynamic. It's very fluid. It always adapts. It always learns and always remembers. It's kind of like an elephant. It remembers what happened to it last so it doesn't recreate it again. Unfortunately, humans don't follow that pattern of evolution, so we start to recreate those old patterns over and over again. So with surgeries, coming back to Aunt Sally, right? You had a good hold of your identity, right? But maybe before you had surgery, you weren't quite sure of who you are. You say maybe you were depressed or maybe you were lost in life or whatever reason that you were trying to define who you were, right? So you go through surgery and surgery, what happens in surgery is that your timeless self, Okay? The energy, the essence of who you are, I call it your timeless self or your pure present, you might know it as your spirit. Okay? That disconnects. That's the, that's the power plant of who you are. That's the power plant or that's the real identity of who you are. Your physical form, again, is just a representation. It's a physical representation of who you think you are at a timeless realm or at your spirit level. So, so what happens is that and, and who you think you are is dictated by, say, your hereditary patterns, right? So again, like I said, you are the latest version of who you are when you were born of all the other people in your family lineup. And then you add your own spice of life in it, and then that becomes your DNA, and then you pass that on. So when you have surgery, what happens is that that DNA gets mixed up at some level. That DNA starts to remove itself of its identity. And if you have a higher propensity of somebody else's patterns or hereditary patterns, those tendencies might tend to jump in and take over. So that's one way of, of people changing personalities after surgery. Another way, so just to wrap it up, okay, that first example, just to wrap up that first example so we have a clear idea on what that means, right? To boil it down, simply that a personality of a previous ancestor right, that's dormant basically awakens when you have surgery, when you disconnect from your timeless identity. Right? You separate. As you disconnect completely through anesthesia, it is a death experience for you. Okay? At that moment, what happens is that when you reconnect, right, something in your hereditary or your cellular memory starts to instigate or starts to, say, enliven, say, your Aunt Sally's, Aunt Sally's patterns instead of, say, your patterns, and then Aunt Sally's pattern starts to take over. And this is where people start to change, uh, you know, their physical structure, their facial structure, their habits, their personalities, everything starts to change. Their likes and dislikes, it, everything starts to change to Aunt Sally's, not yours. Okay? 
The second reason why personality changes might happen, and it's not just personality happen, it's not just personality changes. With those individuals, other aspects of their, 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 their self-image changes as well. Their behaviors, their habits, their likes, their dislikes, uh, how they age, uh, their money habits, everything starts to change, okay? It's not just about you know, being mean or depressed or anything like that. All aspects of, them, uh, of themselves change, including uh, some of their physical patterns, like their facial features or their body features. So the second aspect is that, well, uh, to put it simply, there's a lot of dead people in hospitals, right? They don't know where to go. And I know that sounds kind of woo-woo, so let me explain the science behind it. So, in, and I'll explain it spiritual, and then I'll also explain, you know, spiritual and religious type pattern uh, or reasoning, and then I'll explain it from a science perspective on, say, dead people. Okay? Say that somebody's lost, especially in a certain, say, religion, right? People are afraid to cross over, right? They're born in sin, they live in sin. Who's, who's going to want to cross over, right? Um, so what happens is that, well, shit, I'm not going to cross over. Your higher identity or your spirit, right, doesn't want to cross over. So what do they do? They hang out in the hospital. <clears throat> Other reasons why they might not want to cross over is like they don't know that they're dead. Most of the time, People who walk into a hospital and they're dying, well, they're under uh, they're heavily sedated, you know, they're all drugged up. They literally die before they physically actually die or physically disconnect. So, so what do they do? Their soul or their spirit hangs around. They have no idea that they're crossed over. So again, that pattern or that consciousness sticks around. Now that might sound kind of woo-woo, but for those who, individuals who are sensitive, you can actually see or sense other people around them, especially in hospitals, right? It's not your hallucinations. And people who don't understand that or people who are too rigid in this reality, they go, well, they're just, they're just making it up and that's all bullshit. It's really not. I can actually see people around and I can actually see the same person that that person sees around them, for example, right? And I don't hallucinate. So again, I see what people see. Right? Uh, by the way, it's not psychic abilities or anything like that. It's much more advanced. Um, so when that happens, okay, you're going through surgery. Now imagine that you're going through surgery. Okay? Again, you're disconnected. Uh, you're ill. You're mostly lost in who you are. You don't want to be here. And all those other reasons for you to escape. Think of it, those individuals who've had personality changes, and you can, you can validate it by, again, acknowledging if any of your loved ones or you yourself went through a personality change, is because before you had the surgery, most likely, right, or months before, and maybe that's why the reason you had the surgery, because you wanted to escape so bad, right, or they wanted to escape their life so bad. So what do they do? It's like, shit, it's a good excuse. It's an honorable excuse to disconnect from myself. And maybe, just maybe, because at a higher level, you know that you can say exchange identities. So what happens is, again, you go through anesthesia. So for whatever reason uh, you have surgery, it doesn't matter. But before, months before or year, years before, which even makes it worse, years before, months before, you'll know that those individuals who've had personality changes, especially massive personality changes. They hate their job. They hate their life. They hate their spouse. Uh, they're constricted. They're conformed. They don't know what to do. 
they want to leave, they want to disconnect, they're not happy, but they have no idea on how to get out, right? So for some reason, they have surgery. It gives them a great opportunity to, again, once they go under the knife, they go under anesthesia, they disconnect. And when your body is sitting there, imagine, and I know that sounds kind of woo, again, I'll explain it science-wise. When your body is just sitting there, kind of empty, it's like a vac it's a it's a vortex. Your body cannot stay empty. Again, it's like a vortex. It's like trying to empty out a, a bucket of air. But you have a bucket. You're trying to pull out the air of it. You can't, right? Something always has to fill in that empty space in your bucket or in your identity. The same thing with frequencies, the same thing with consciousness. Another consciousness has to exist in your physical form, right? Whether it's you or it's somebody else, okay? So what happens is that, well, somebody else that is starting to become aware, right? Because they didn't cross over properly. They start to become aware. It's like, oh, wow. It's an opportunity for me to jump back into physical form because spirits who start to awaken and realize that they're dead, but they can't penetrate this reality or the veil of this reality, they'll do anything to crave the flesh or crave space and time. They want to feel, say, the density of space and time. That's why we're here, by the way. So what do they do? It's an empty vehicle. They'll jump in. They'll take over. And then you'll see in about a month or two, what happens is, well, that person, that identity changes. And you get a lot of strange effects. Again, somebody who might not be gay, they turn gay. Or say that you're a, you're a man or you're a woman. A woman or a man decides to jump into your identity or your body. Right? You walk away with, say, you're a man, you walk away with a female, say, program now. With, I can guarantee you, right, within several months, you will start to look and feel more feminine. And it happens all the time. Right? Uh, if you've ever wondered why, you, again, this is just one example of many, but if you've ever wondered why, you know, there's a, you know, a woman and they look manly, okay? Could be because of a surgery that they might have had, or something might have happened, you know, earlier on, or it could have been their parents' pattern. But again, that's one of the reasons. Uh, other reasons why? Oh, let me give you the science behind that. Okay, the consciousness. So when you when you disrupt or disconnect inappropriately, so basically when you die and you're not awakened that consciousness still exists, okay? And that might sound too far-fetched, but let me give you a real example. I'm a computer programmer, and you know you have a disk, right? And you eject it improperly. You've seen that, right? You eject it improperly, there's a, there's a warning sign that comes up, you know, that you, eject, you ejected this disk improperly, you know? You, sh you should do it the proper, because the reason why that happens is that the memory in that computer still thinks that that disk is connected to you. That still exists. It has to support itself. Okay? So when you die inappropriately, again, through heavily being heavily sedated, through not wanting to be here, to for whatever reason it is, those individuals die in hospitals. 
that disc was not ejected properly. So that existence, that identity of the consciousness that you know we exist in or within that hospital, well, that consciousness or that disc is still around. It has to be supported at some level. So say that disc has to support itself at some level. And again, what happens is that, well, it has to reconnect or re get plugged back into some computer. And the most easily connection is somebody who is well, alive, but disconnected because of the anesthesia. Okay? So when you have anesthesia, it literally is a controlled near death. Your body has no identity or no uh, clue on what time it is. And this is another factor that most individuals, it's not about changing personalities, by the way. That's just a piece of it. The other aspects of it, what happens is that you disconnect from time and space. Right? You disconnect from, again, your identity of who you are. Okay? To create an identity, and it goes much, much deeper, and I'm not going to cover it here, but when you are born, I talk about a timestamp. Some of you who are XIers, you understand the timestamp. But when you are born, you get stamped. So the first cell that you create, when the sperm fertilizes you know, the egg, that is, there's a spark of light. Okay? That's, your, that's your essence say, that pops in. And again, it's scientifically been proven that there's a spark of light that happens, that basically that is your identity or that consciousness, say, plugging into, say, this time space, okay? It's called a timestamp. From that moment on, okay, you render your reality or you're creating this reality or you understand that reality from that timestamp, okay? So for example, if, you, if your timestamp is distorted, let's say by about 50 years, 50 years into the past, right? It's 2021, you're listening to this podcast, and your timestamp is distorted. Now, most individuals wouldn't survive this, but an extreme example, just to give you an idea, if you're distorted 50 years ago, right, into the past, you would not experience anything that happened that would be 19, uh, 1970, right? Yeah, 1970s. Yeah, that would be 1970s. So you would not experience or you would not see the advent of the computer. Okay? You would, although it'd be around you, you would literally not understand or even see any computers, the internet, or anything like that. It would not make sense to you, no matter who or how anybody explained it to you. Okay? Again, that's an extreme example, and that sounds far-fetched, but what if you were just, say, a few minutes off? Okay? A lot of people, a lot of you are like that, right? Uh, or a few hours off. Or in case of surgery, you may actually be, uh, again, a few days off or a few weeks off or a few months off. So when people go through surgery, as they disconnect, sometimes their conscious clock or their cellular clock, that gets distorted or it gets kind of mixed up. And as they get plugged back in, the time is reset to something uh, that's not consistent to today's time. And then that's where you, some of those people have memory lapses. They might actually have, say, unbelievable, if you've, if you've had somebody who have had surgery and then they see future vision, this is what's happened to them, right? They, they get to see what's happening because now 
They might be two weeks, a year, two years into the future, although they're living in this reality. And you might think, well, shit, that's pretty cool. That stuff does happen. But if you're living two, three, four years into the future, you will see what's happening into the future now. But your body cannot exist in this physical reality. So those individuals start to get ill. They start to die off because you can't be living in the future and then creating energy for your physical form here. It just doesn't happen. So those individuals, again, will start getting mentally incapacitated, let's say. The other aspects, again, somebody might go back into the future, reliving their past. Many of you, uh, I think many of your spouses or loved ones, right? Fathers, uh, mothers, and so on, they've had surgery. And what do they do? They come out of surgery and then they live from the past. It's not because they're going back and they're depressed and it's like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. It's not that at all. It's just that they're living, say they're 90 years old, right? They've had surgery, right? They're 80, 90 years old. They've had surgery and then they'll go back like 20 years and then they'll reclaim and they'll relive over and over and over again. An experience that they've had, say back in their you know, 60s or 70s, right? That is not a depressive state that literally they go back in time and then they get stuck in a loop and they'll repeat that pattern over and over and over again, no matter what it is, because it's a time loop that they've gotten stuck in and they won't know what happened to them here. They don't care what happens to them here because they don't exist in this reality anymore. Their physical form is here, sure, but they don't. Their consciousness is, again, 20, 30 years back. So, so a lot of crazy stuff can happen after surgery. The main reason why is because that timestamp that you have when you were born, it gets messed up when you disconnect and you come back, right? So are there opportunities to better yourself? Yes, there is. If you are awakened, okay, if you are groomed to understand, say, the concept of how this reality works or how this consciousness works or how you work, like I did, right? I had two near-death experiences and that's how I had amazing abilities. Many of you have actually have experienced individuals, perhaps, right? Uh, they've had a near-death experience and they come like uh, unbelievable, say, mathematical skills. Or they might come out speaking a foreign language. Or, uh, you know, they might be a genius at some sort, right? So those are the benefits. And the reason why they can do that is it's a controlled near-death experience, okay? At some level, they've controlled that near-death. So they've been groomed or they've been programming themselves so when they do have a near-death experience, they can go into another consciousness where it goes, hey, this is another reality or another possibility that I could live where I could speak a foreign language, right? So what if you could, again, harness that ability like I did, right? Uh, I ascended quite high, and now I have fantastic abilities not to only rewire the way my life works, but uh, rewire uh, the way anybody life works uh, very efficiently. So what that means is that the possibilities of how to reprogram and rewire your life if you're going to go through surgery, it's an amazing opportunity for you to dramatically transform your life like you've never thought of, right? Just like those individuals who do it in a negative fashion, what if you could harness that power 
and turn it into a positive? What if you had like addictions or what if you had, you know, all these personality traits or even identity issues or even, even self-worth issues or you wanted to forget your past, right, and start fresh? Well, this could be an opportunity for you to just start fresh. And I'm not saying, hey guys, plan a surgery and you're good to go. I'm not saying that at all, okay? But if you're gonna have surgery, why not optimize it, right? If you're gonna get rid of something that's not beneficial for you or fix something that's not beneficial for you physically, why not transform something at an even deeper level, right? A more meaningful level. Why not say bring in, if you've never felt or experienced love or the vibrancy of an intimate relationship or maybe health or maybe uh, great wealth, right? Are there realities or possibilities that you can tap into and live out of? Is there a doppelganger out there that you can say tap into that is you? Is there a possibility of you out there that has that in you? Of course you can. Uh, it's happened before. I've actually helped a ton of people do this so that you're having a tough time in life, okay? Those memories, the cellular memories are deep within you, okay? When you have a surgery, it solidifies that, that memory and it traps those memories within, say, those cells, not just the parts that, you know, had that incision, but throughout your whole body because it is a disrupt in your, say, electrical system, right? And as, as you say disrupt that electrical system, it stores those memories or those pains within you. So it's harder for you to remove, uh, again, patterns of, say, abuse, patterns of whatever it might be after the surgery. And this is why as you heal, as people heal through the XI process, whether it's, you know, the singularity meditations or, you know, the private sessions or anything that you do with me, or exponential intelligence, a lot of times, you know, you, you come to a level where you're cleaned out a lot of those things, right? The surface level things, but the deeper layers of your surgery that you've had that have been embedded, right? And it's not just about the deeper layers or the penetration. It's just that when you cut something, right? there's a lot of Eastern philosophy behind when you cut your physical form, it's not just you're cutting your physical form. It's a whole, say, matrix or grid, or is it, what I see is actually a plasma around, which is the connection point between a timeless, say, form or consciousness, and then a time-bound consciousness. So it's some sort of plasma, it's a grid that your body, say, it creates your body, okay? That grid gets cut. And when that grid gets cut, those memories, and it's not memories up here, it's your body memory, I call it your body brain, those memories get trapped in your identity and it's very hard for you to remove. So, especially after surgery. So as you, like I said, as you awaken, those memories start to, again, recreate yourself because you're healing that, not that spiritual incision, okay? The timeless incision through that surgery. So as you do the process of XI, um, those memories start to show through, those memories start to come out and that's where you get to really heal and that's where you heal the scars, not, not just the physical scars, but the emotional, the psychological, and then the spiritual scars uh, of what happened to you during that time frame. So what you can do about it, okay? There are a couple things that you can do about it. Um, one, have a strong identity of who you are before you go into a surgery, right? Two, you don't want to have 
work on your problems or say, my life is all fucked up. I don't know what to do. I need help. I need to escape. Those things you don't want to do. You want to get into a complete state, right? And if you can't do that, if you're a worrier, right? And you go, gosh, I can never, I can never do it right. I can't do that. Start to worry about something beneficial for you, right? Start to worry about, hey, after the surgery, you know, what am I going to do when, you know, I become wealthy? Again, it, just think of anything. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. The more unreal or the more impossible it is, the more it gets stuck in your memory because it's something out of the norm, right? So it doesn't matter if it has to make sense to you. You know, it just doesn't matter. The point is, is that it disrupts the flow of your identity. That's the key, right? So it's a lot like NLP, but much deeper. So as it disrupts your identity, a fresher version or a fresher possibility can come in to it, into your identity after you reconnect into space and time, right? The other aspect of it, the other thing that you can do is you can spatial reference. Spatial referencing is always becoming aware of your, say, environment. So the couch is there, for example. I'm over here, right? And if you have a certain part, like you're, I don't know, you're, you know, you're having stomach surgery, always, again, spatial reference. The, the wall is over there. You know, my abdomen is over here, right? Uh, I smell, uh, you know, I don't know, bacon frying. You know, it's coming from the kitchen. That's over to my right. My stomach is here. I know it sounds strange. But spatial referencing is highly important because it allows you to track exactly the coordinate, the fourth dimension coordinate of space-time where you render your body here, okay? It's the safest, it's the best thing that you can do. Okay? It's, like a, it's like a Google GPS, right? You know how you have to wave your phone back and forth, right, to say calibrate the GPS mechanism in your phone? It's the same thing when you spatial reference. It recalibrates, again, your creation or of your rendering of where you well, create your body here. So, and then the most, uh, I guess, the most powerful or impactful aspect you can do is that, and this is why I've created the surgery series, the XI surgery series. It, 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 it's a package of uh, pre-op, during the operation, and then post-op. Right? It allows you to create or materialize or plan out before you have the surgery, the type of person that you want to be. Right? That's what we just talked about, right? It opens up the possibilities that you never thought you could have. And again, it's not theory. People have gone through this, and that's why I created it just for that. I was start, I was seeing over hundreds of thousands of people I've worked on. Again, I was starting to see that after surgery, they radically release all the distortions that they couldn't do before. Okay? So I go, wow, that's really an interesting concept, right? What if we created a package if people are going to go through surgery? Again, I'm not telling you to have a surgery just to do it, right? It's not going to work for you. You have to be stable. You have to understand. You have to be at a certain level of awakening to go, okay, when I disconnect, this, 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 this is going to happen, right? So the pre-op is about all that. It's, a, it's allowing you to see recreate yourself hone you into a higher level of your identity, you know, a confident identity where you can go, yep, this is my life. I'm taking it over, right? Especially if you have, say, issues of other people, say, ramming or controlling your life. It's a great opportunity to disconnect from that. 
during the surgery um, meditation is that you play it during your surgery, whether it's in the operating room or outside. You know, a loved one might play it for you. It's not a theory. People have told me that they've done this. And then again, we've created a program around it because out of the results that they've had is that many times they start to find that the doctors are more in tune, right? They're more connected. They do all the right things. And, you know, the doctors go, wow, you know, I don't know why, but this surgery was, you know, everything worked out so perfectly, right? There's a reason why. There's a frequency out there that's allowing that everything to come into, say, alignment with you so things work out better, right? And then post-op frequency or the meditation. What that is about is like, well, now that you've reclaimed yourself, you've disconnected from all those things that weren't you in the first place, whatever it is, you know, health patterns, issues, you know, things that you've created uh, or you've um, adopted from hereditary genetics, all that, those things can change. And I'm not a doctor, uh, I can't guarantee anything, but from individuals who've gone through the process, they've changed the way they age, they've changed how they age, uh, they've gotten a lot younger as they've aged. And all those things are possibilities if those realities are open to you, right? So the post-op frequencies or the post-op meditations is about, well, now that you've changed, you know, let's help you download, say, that new identity, that new personality, the new belief system, behaviors, attitudes, uh, aptitudes, uh, whatever else that you need to, say, support that new identity that you've, say, installed during your surgery. And it's amazing, it's amazing how you can, say, transform and shift uh, going through the process. The one thing I've found, too, is that with my abilities, and it's not just about surgeries, if you had surgeries in the past, surgery series, or what we do with XI, allows me to help you go back and disconnect you from time and then reconnect you properly, okay? People who have had like near deaths, you know, they have accidents, they've had whatever that they've had outside of surgeries. Again, I see it as a surgery, especially a complete anesthesia uh, where you're out completely as a controlled near death, simply. So when people go through a near death, no matter if it was like, you know, they were just a baby, an infant when they had a near death, Uh, when they were severely ill, or they had an accident when they were older, whatever it is, I can use that opportunity because it's in a no time zone, right? It's at your frequency level, or again, a timeless zone of your identity, uh, and it stays with you. So we can disconnect you or go back to that time or just about that time. We can disconnect you again properly and then reconnect you. So the surgery series will help you with that as well. Within that package, the last meditation is for those individuals who've had surgeries in the past or even near death. Thanks for listening, guys. Listen up for the next podcast on exponential intelligence. Thanks for joining. The episode you just listened to is encoded with frequencies of higher consciousness. It's normal if you begin to feel differently or confused. It's the process of change. For best results, observe and practice spatial referencing. Ask yourself, what if I could choose things differently? To learn more, subscribe to the Exponential Intelligence Podcast 
sign up for the newsletter for exclusive information and offers, or join Maz on social media through the links in the show notes below.